It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's uh, for authentic Italian meal uh, and today's show is also being brought to us in part by you guessed it my book Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy of this book right now I'm talking right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Um, On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming fight uh, between Manny Pacquiao and, and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Adrian Broner. Uh, We also got a bunch of other stuff to talk about, some other fights uh, that I wanted to touch on. Uh, as well that are coming up that will uh, give you our breakdowns and predictions. Uh, we got the, uh, the crew joining us today, so uh, uh, we will uh, you know, give, uh, get their thoughts as well, uh, of course. Um, but, uh, but first, I, I want to talk about some current things that are going on. Um, there were some fights last night, uh, uh, well, actually Friday night, um, between, uh, on Showbox. Uh, and, you know, on paper, it reminded me uh, of, um, uh, of the, of the uh, fights of, of old, so to speak, uh, with uh, the way they used to, you know, put young uh, fighters uh, in the ring together, uh, virtually, you know, at the same level. Um, and, um, you know, truthfully, they weren't. Uh, it, it just seemed, you know, some of the same stuff that... Uh, uh, we talk about uh, frequently on this show uh, about, uh, you know, fighters that uh, are experienced and uh, they get put in with uh, <clears throat> sacrificial lambs. Um, but, uh, you know, more importantly, I think that, you know, what's happened here uh, with with the show from Friday on Showbox from uh, Louisiana was that we had some a classic example at least of, uh, you know, two of the fights uh, where you had one fighter. with Now, they all had similar records, but one fighter clearly better than the other. The other fighter built up for an opportunity just like Friday night. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, the heavyweight fight is uh, an example of what I was talking about. Um, Frank Sanchez uh, improved to 11-0 with nine knockouts when he scored a second-round knockout over uh, Willie Jake Jr., Willie Jake Jr. drops to eight wins, two losses, uh, and a draw with a couple of his wins coming by knockout. Um, the official time was two minutes and 59 seconds of the second round. Uh, he, he took a shot, went down, and like uh, I, I, you know, one of the announcers said, I don't think he wants to get up. And uh, that's what it looked like to me. Another uh, football player turned boxing. 
um, you know, novice, I guess. Uh, they built him up where he was uh, okay. And it just, you know, Frank Sanchez didn't look spectacular, uh, but uh, he got the win, and he improved to 11-0. Keep an eye on him. Uh, he's just what they keep calling as a smaller heavyweight, at least by today's standards. Uh, also on the card, uh, Ruben Avila improved to 15-0 and with five knockouts when he beat uh, also previously undefeated Ruben uh, Cervera, uh, who drops to 10-1, and one, uh, eight over an eight-round fight, 80-72, to 72, uh, the way the three judges saw that one. Avila uh, uh, looked uh, like a fighter to keep an eye on for sure. And then in the main event, Devin Haney, uh, who also promoted the show, improved to 21-0 and 0, uh, with 13 of his wins coming by knockout uh, with a 10-round unanimous decision over, uh, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this poor guy's name. I, I know it's uh, a Nundung Janai. Uh, I won't try to pronounce his first name. Uh, you, you guys know, anybody that's been watching the show for a long time knows that I'm the murderer of people's names. Uh, he drops to 25-1. He did get dropped in that fight um, in the uh, second round. He looked like he was game, but just did not have the skill set of uh, Haney, the way the judges scored it, 100-89 to 89, uh, twice and 99-90. to 90. So uh, there's where we were uh, with the uh, fights from, uh, from Friday uh, night. So um, in any event, we also uh, had some news I wanted to talk about uh, real quick. Um, we all know, you know, the cat was out of the bag, uh, so to speak, with uh, with the upcoming fight between Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. Um, it hasn't officially been announced yet, but according to multiple sources, it will be announced this week. Um, it is scheduled to take place uh, uh, on April 20th uh, in either... Uh, New York or Vegas, and, um, you know, Terrence Crawford, uh, you know, we talk about him a lot, he's, I have him kind of tied for pound for pound number one with Vasily Lomachenko, and I believe uh, as much as most people that watch his show uh, who are diehard boxing fans uh, know who Terrence Crawford is, a lot of other people don't. And, um, you know, one of the reasons they don't know is because he hasn't really been... Okay, you guys are going to disagree with the verbiage I'm going to use right now. And I'm waiting for Sal to, uh, to, to figure out how to turn his computer on. So uh, uh, hang tight. We'll get Sal's thoughts here in a few minutes. But uh, um, Terrence Crawford has been on the big stage. But it wasn't done in the correct order. So now you got a guy like Terrence Crawford who's as talented as he is. And he's with a promoter who actually invests money in their fighters in, uh, in Bob Arum and Top Rank. And yet, um, you know, uh, not, he's not a household name. I, I think even Vili, Vasily Lomachenko uh, is more known than Terrence Crawford. I don't think it's right. Uh, and I think that the fight is going to be an interesting one. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see. But uh, Terrence Crawford, I mean, you know, the time for him to fight uh, Errol Spence is now. I mean, you know, yes, fighters today, their careers are longer. You know, you see uh, older fighters, um, you know, fighting in the ring uh, in, in the 30s, which, which really wasn't, um, you know, that common uh, in, in years gone by. But 
you know, I don't think it's fair to Terrence Crawford. I, I, I blame a lot of the route that he's taking uh, on top rank. And I think that Terrence Crawford needs one of these big fights. And I think the biggest fight for him that would get him uh, really the biggest money that he could make uh, would very well be... Um, <laughs> Jeez, boys and girls, guess who's guess who's finally jo- came came for dinner? Uh, my man uh, Sal Don't Rocky Senecola joins us. Hey, hey, Sal, you finally got it, huh? I man, let me tell you something. I just rebooted and, and went for the goal field goal. I don't oh, know. God, I mean, uh, well, welcome, Sal. Sal, we're talking about um, Terrence Crawford uh, against Amir Khan. The, the fight's going to be announced. Uh, we are going to get into the Manny Pacquiao, uh, Adrian Broner. Uh, upcoming fight as well but you know I don't think that um, Bob Arum is doing Terrence Crawford any justice I I believe that Terrence Crawford has proven that he deserves a a, a mega fight and I think Amir Khan although Amir Khan is a good fight I I think the fight that most boxing fans really want to see is Terrence Crawford against Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford against that other guy, what's his name out of Florida? What, what's his name? I think he's making a comeback. Uh, oh yeah, um, Keith Thurman. Remember him? Okay. I, yeah, I, I thought I thought I thought he left the no business. Relation to Uma yeah, no, no, no. I, I thought I thought maybe he left the uh, uh, the business. But uh, but in any event, I, I think that Terrence Crawford deserves a big fight. Well, a, you know, a, a fight that you know is, is some kind of. Uh, uh, a title fight where where you can accumulate other titles, a unification, if you will, and um, you know it just seems to me that that Bob Arum and and bless his little heart for being around and staying in the business yeah, for so long. It, it just it, it just seems it just seems like he's he's staying in standing in the way of of Terence Crawford to really catapult and be a big star. What, what's your thoughts? Well, I I, I don't know if I'd go as far as standing in the way, but I'll, I'll tell you what, he should be seeking out the top dollar mega fight that has the most significance. And, uh, yeah, you said it. I think, uh, uh, you know, there are a couple other fighters out there that would make more sense, in, including Keith Thurman. I mean, I'd love to see that fight. That would be a great fight. And, uh, you know, I think people pay a lot of money for that, especially in the wake of uh, having uh, no presence in the boxing ring at Some other news I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, Frank Warren, uh, who is uh, Tyson Fury's promoter, has confirmed, at least uh, via a couple of interviews, that um, boxing fans will be getting the rematch uh, between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder uh, some point uh, during the second quarter um, of 2019, so that's after March for, for you uh, boys and girls out there that don't understand the, the quarter, the way we break I the year. Uh, I always go, January, February, March? Oh, yeah, April, May, June? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so after March. Now, my question is, uh, we all want to see it, and, and, and I do think that the only fight um, that I would prefer to see before a rematch would be Anthony Joshua against either of the two. But, of course, Deontay Wilder uh, still has the belt, so we would want to see that. But what's your thoughts on them having the rematch first? Do you do you think that, because there's a lot of rumor that Deontay Wilder is going to fight, um, you know, sometime before the rematch uh, against uh, 
uh, uh, Dominic Brazil uh, because WBC has him as his mandatory. Do, do you think that Wilder and Tyson Fury should both fight a fight first, or you think they should go right into their rematch? Well, I, I would have liked to have seen this already signed, sealed, and delivered. I think they could have gone right into a rematch mode. You know, now we're getting away, and all the other uh, uh, opponents seem to be working their way into the picture. And a Dominic Brazil is definitely a, a worthy opponent, and I think that uh, for a mandatory title defense, Deontay Wilder uh, uh, is going to most likely take that fight. But it should have been immediately thereafter, uh, the, the fight. It should have been, like, talked about that week. Hey, we're going to settle this. We're going to start round 13, and we're going to uh, see who really really is the champ or who really won this fight. And, uh, you know, that's part of the drama, part of the thing. It's part of what, what fans like. But, you know, it's not always what the fans want, as we so learn. Um, you know, so on that level, I, I, I could almost see this. But, you know, Bill, as we talked about years ago, every fight that takes place between Deontay Wilder and whatever opponent is one fight further away from the fight that everybody originally wanted to see. And that's Tyson, uh, that's uh, Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. And every time they fight, it takes one step away from that uh, uh, showdown that's not inevitable anymore. And also uh, a risk uh, involved here that uh, it may never take place. For whatever reason, and uh, including a defeat, so it, uh, it it'll be okay if they if they have a rematch. I'd like to see it with it, them facing each other first. But you know, a tune-up fight in Brazil uh, fighting for the championship against Deontay Wilder, we'll have to put up with. It's not a question of you know what. You know, you 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 use the term tune-up fight, and and the problem the problem with fighters today is they fight so infrequent. They need a tune-up fight. I mean, you know, you're right. If they would have, if they would have fought uh, immediately after, uh, one other thing that I found interesting from uh, Frank Warren is he said, um, "We will not return to California, uh, specifically the <laughs> Staples Center." He said, uh, "I wouldn't want to go back to California. I didn't like working with the California Commission, and there were a lot of things we didn't like there." Um, he's, but but he goes on to say, Vegas would have been one of the options uh, for that fight. I don't understand why, you know, at, at this point, and I know, I know you, you're, you're, you know, the president of Deontay Wilder's fan club, but the truth of the matter is, is you know, Deontay Wilder would be better off fighting in 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 England. He would make more money, and I think Tyson Fury has proven beyond any reasonable doubt that he's a bigger draw than Deontay Wilder. It proved that even though the, the fans came out for the fight here in the U.S. and it was conducive to U.S. TV and stuff like that, um, I, 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 I think that, you know, Wilder's got to be, you know, this is the whole point. Wilder's got to be thinking about maximizing his revenue. And if you're going to not fight Anthony Joshua, which is going to get him more money than anything, and he's going to fight Tyson Fury again, which will earn him some bucks, why not fight in England, where he could probably make substantial uh, more more substantial money in England than he could in the U.S.? Which because let's face it, all the U.S. Uh, pay per view and all of that would still be in play. So, what's your thoughts? Well, it's, it's funny you should say that, you know, because because you know you, you have to have the fight that hey, you go over to where to, to, to your opponent's uh, backyard. I mean, I used to love doing that. <laughs> that was that was. 
I got up for that every time. Yeah, I love to fight in my backyard, but boy, I'll tell you, every time I got up for that occasion, and uh, you know, you're going to steal a heart, steal a crowd, steal everything, and you're not going to take any prisoners. And that's the mindset of a warrior. And that and that should almost be, you know, with 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 Deontay Wilder thinking, hey, I don't care where to fight it. I'm going to maximize my dollars, and we're going to go. And it's funny you should say that, Bill, because we spoke a while ago. What were the final numbers of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury? We uh, did they ever come out? Do we I, know what's going on? I never heard it. I I never heard I, what. Isn't that funny? I haven't heard what they made. I've heard you know people telling me. Oh, I heard I heard this. I heard that, but I never heard any. I heard. There's I, a lot of yeah, hearers. It's like yeah. they said. Who the hell they said? You know, and the and the funny thing is, is uh, you know Deontay Wilder is believing that he's this draw from the people around him and he's really not and and you're right you know you're supposed to go to uh the champion's backyard and take the title um so to speak but in this case you know um you know money money talks here but uh in any event there's a lot of other fights we're going to talk about and break down we're expecting uh dax to join us and then alex papali so i want to jump a little forward here sal and get your thoughts um, on uh, a fight that's coming up um, over the next weekend. Adrian Broner against Manny Pacquiao. We, we talked a little about uh, this fight last week and, and I believe the week before as well. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the fight if this is a fight that uh, is supposed to be earning Manny Pacquiao his rematch with Floyd. Because Mayweather goes and fights some bogus uh, kid in Japan, it makes a cool nine mil. It was a it was a farce, and Manny Pacquiao. And then you know he says to Manny Pacquiao, "You got to fight Adrian Broner." Adrian Broner, with all his faults, is still a talented fighter. And at forty years old, Manny Pacquiao is taking a huge risk. This is no layup fight for him. Uh, Manny Pacquiao coming off his uh, win over Lucas Matisse. Uh, it was a uh, uh, very decisive win. Uh, he knocked out Matisse in the seventh round. Uh, prior to that fight, um, he lost his title, which he had picked up uh, from uh, uh, Jesse Vargas uh, to, Je- to Jeff Horn in uh, Australia. It was a very controversial fight. But prior to that, he had beaten Timothy Bradley in a, uh, a, a, a one-sided beatdown, but no stoppage. And the fight before that was the one with Floyd. So, I mean, Manny Pacquiao, since since the Floyd fight in 2015, fought Floyd, uh, fought Timothy Bradley, fought Jesse Vargas, won a title, lost his title against Jeff Horn, then regained a title uh, against Lucas Matisse in July of last year. Now he steps in the ring with Adrian Broner, um, who's uh, uh, going to be a half inch taller than Manny. Manny's five and a half, and uh, Broner's five foot six. Um, he also has a longer reach, Broner does, 69-inch versus 67-inch, and he's substantially younger. He's not even 30 years old yet. He won't hit 30 until July. Uh, so uh, he's got, uh, uh, you know, 10 years uh, plus, you know, 10 and a half years uh, advantage, age advantage over uh, Manny Pacquiao. He's ranked number 12 at, in the welterweight division uh, by the computer. Manny Pacquiao's ranked number four. Uh, what's your thoughts on this fight, man? I think you know my thoughts. I I uh, I I love Manny Pacquiao uh, for a multitude of reasons because he's 
a pure essence the, the word a warrior he, he he's a combatant he's he's a he's a champion he's a he's a thoroughbred but you know what like the floyd mayweather uh first fight between floyd mayweather and manny pacquiao that was five years after the fact of what it should have been and guess what if this is all uh going to lead to another showdown and a, and a, and a last minute cash in for floyd to pay taxes you know, I, I think this is also going to be five years after the fact. And, uh, you know, my thought on that, I, I think Floyd and Manny get in a ring 100 times, Floyd's going to win uh, 90 of them. And uh, I, I think that uh, it should have been uh, when Manny came back from the shoulder injury, that was should have been his sole purpose and his pathway to that. Uh, but it didn't happen. Yeah, but that's not because – that was because of Floyd. Listen. Okay, but whatever it is, but yeah, go ahead. No, but what I was going to say is, you're, you know, you keep saying that. You keep saying, oh, if they fight 100 times, 99 are going to go to Floyd. And, and and you're probably right. But, you know, I think Floyd's arrogance, and I don't even want to talk about that guy, but I'm just saying Floyd's arrogance and, and, and the way most of his fan base thinks and has him on this, this pedestal, which I, it makes me sick, you know, he's aging too. The, the yes, big, the yes, big dif- the big difference between him and Pacquiao is Pacquiao's taken more abuse. His body has taken more abuse in the style that he fought versus the style that Mayweather fought. Um, but make no mistake, you know I think the activity of Manny could be beneficial when and if they ever have a fight uh, again. But the point is, is that Manny Pacquiao is in a very difficult fight with Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, uh, you know, has uh, uh, tried to sell the fact that he's, you know, he's learned his lesson. I think he's got 47 uh, court dates scheduled uh, for all his uh, shenanigans. But, um, you know, he's still a young, talented fighter, although he was way more talented as a lightweight. I don't think this is an easy fight for Manny Pacquiao, Sal. That's my point. I don't think it's an easy fight. I think, uh, you know, Adrian Broner, if he, if he opens up, if he lets his hands go, um, you know, this is going to be a very difficult fight for Manny. Manny's the only way that Manny Pacquiao can beat Adrian Broner is if he does what Manny Pacquiao used to do, and that is be able to uh, land punches on Adrian Broner from crazy angles, dart in, dart out, boom, 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 you know, moving around um, and, and break down Adrian Broner. And I think Adrian Broner is expecting that, and, and to a fault, He's going to sit and wait because he's he's defensively sound, and he also has a good chin. I have this strange feeling that Adrian Broner, his game plan is to catch Manny Pacquiao, um, you know, similar to when he was knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez back in 2012, um, you know, where he just kind of walked into that punch, and next thing you know, he was face down. You know, I, I just have this feeling that that's Adrian Broner's game plan. I think you're right, and uh, here's here's the other thing here. You know, as I said earlier, Manny's a warrior. He'll fight anybody. He'll fight anywhere. He just has the, 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 the that that heart, that nature. That hey, I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior. Put some money in front of me. I'm gonna go get him. And you gotta appreciate and respect that. Uh, he doesn't have to have the emotion, the drama, and all that stuff to get up for a fight. He just knows he has an opponent in the opposite corner, and he's gonna be relentless in trying to beat him. Now, Adrian Broner, I think he's got more to gain from this fight than Manny Pacquiao. That's another thing. But like I said, Manny doesn't need the incentive. He 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 is a warrior. 
He's just going to want that opponent in front of him, and he's going to try and be relentless and knock him out. But with that being said, Adrian Broner does have uh, more to gain from a victory over Manny. It, number one, if he really is serious about getting back on track and being in the top of the limelight and in contention for a title and everything else, yeah, being ready to, to start off the year uh, and, and beating Manny Pacquiao would be a heck of a statement and uh, more more leverage for him to negotiate to uh, blossom in this year ahead. And maybe, uh, and I think it's a dangerous fight. I think it's a very risky fight for Manny to take. But it's going to happen next week. And I think Adrian Broner's got a lot to gain from this fight. And I could see his style, just as you mapped out, uh, maybe waiting for Manny to make a mistake and then hitting him with a, with a real good counter shot and hopefully coming up aces. So, yeah, I see this fight being a very good one. And guess what, boys and girls, as, as Bill would say, I don't see this a rollover or an easy fight for Manny. I see Adrian Broner possibly pulling a really good upset. I, I don't even know if it should be considered an upset. I know. Well, he'll upset Manny is what I meant. <laughs> he'll upset <laughs> Manny's mom, too, but that's beside the point. Um, I just, you know, and, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I, I said that. I agree with Sal 100%. I can't that, believe it. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah I, I, I did. I did say that. I, 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 I agree with Sal that Adrian Broner, this is this is an important fight because, Sal, it could turn his career around. Right now, people are, are, are and I, it's human nature because I do it too, of course, but, you know, they're taking some of his outside-the-ring antics and some of his less than stellar performances because of lack of dedication, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they're, they're, they're acting like that's Adrian Broner of today. And I still believe he possesses the, the talent. And a win over a, a guy like Manny Pacquiao, even though he's 40 years old, uh, could turn uh, Adrian Broner's career around. So he's got a lot to gain, um, not much to lose. Manny Pacquiao, on the other hand, uh, he does have a lot to lose. Um, you know, his goal is to get the rematch with uh, the idiot Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but he also, um, you know, he's he, he's doing what a lot of fighters of yesteryear did and continue to burn the candle when his skill set is diminishing and the newer generation that may not have might not have seen him in his prime are going to get this taste that he was not that good. And I, I think in the sport of boxing, you know, the legacy is is really what you fight for. At the end of the day, Sal, it's what you're fighting for, aside from the money, of course. But the legacy is something that goes down and really lives on forever. And a lot of these fighters don't know when to say when, and they taint their own legacy. Well, you know what I haven't said in the year 2019 yet? It's early. Bingo. That, that, that you're going to make a comeback? Bingo. No, <laughs> that too. That too. But no, I, I, and that's exactly why this is a more significant fight I see for Broner because, he, like I said, he can map out the whole year ahead of him and, and be on a real pathway back and be serious because he is a talented fighter. Um, Manny, yeah. Manny, like I said, this guy's been to the mountain and back. Uh, you, you love Manny for just the career he's had. But every fight, he has going forward could be a, a blemish on his career because you know like uh, some fighters they just never really lose that combatant nature and uh, 
want to keep their heart and their mind in a ring, including me. I'd, I'd be fighting tomorrow if I could. Um, maybe I will. But uh, the bottom line is um, um, many, I think his legacy, you know, peaked. Uh, and I think anything else coming after the fact, how do you write a, a story and tell tales about a guy that's been to the mountain and back, except in his later years, if he's not going to have significant victories, he's, he's going to have significant defeats for other opponents. The only fights you should be doing is with your vendors to get better pricing, Sal. Come on, man. Come on. You know, you got a point there. I look at that. That's a good point. Thank you very much. Hey, listen. Uh, I like that humbling reminder. Hey, listen. You uh, don't touch any settings. I'm not going to touch nothing. uh, Because uh, we're we're looking good with your camera. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're scheduled to have uh, Dax Khan join us. And uh, we got a bunch of other uh, uh, fights we're going to talk about. So uh, don't go anywhere because we will be uh, right back. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Hey, don't forget about our new uh, 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV channel. That's right. Check out... Uh, Ginico, uh, and I'm probably spelling it wrong, G-I-N-I-C-O-U-S-A.com. You can catch the show now, uh, and then some. We have uh, all kinds of stuff, not only replays of this show, but a lot of our events that we've done. We are in our 15th year. It's been getting great reviews. Uh, check it out. You can pick up that network on uh, uh, Roku and Hulu and all the other stuff. Go go to, go to www. Uh, Ginico, G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A dot com, uh, and check it out. It's for free, of course. So uh, joining us right now, uh, all the way from, well, not too far, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a bunch of the fights that we got uh, uh, cooking um, on uh, on TV uh, coming up, uh, especially let's talk about the one tonight. Uh, you know, it, it surprises me. I just want to go on record as saying this. It surprises me that this fight was scheduled for a Sunday. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I like it, except they should have waited a couple of weeks. I mean, I, you know, this fight goes on, and it's going to be airing head-to-head with the NFL playoffs, and I think that the fight is going to suffer TV viewing-wise and live gate-wise. And, of course, it's the uh, uh, title fight, uh, Jose. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Jose U because, you know, I've heard so many different pronunciations of his name against Khalid Plant. What's your thoughts? Jose Uzcagui and Caleb Plant. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, they've, uh, the PBC's had some Sunday fights. I believe that the, um, the Errol Spence... And, no, um, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Sunday's not a good deal. I'm uh, idea. I'm just saying that 
during the NFL playoffs, it's not maybe, a good maybe idea. During the NFL playoffs, right? right. Yes, I was going to say, but the the, the first um, Heather Hardy and Shelly Vincent fight, which took place on a Sunday, had high high uh, ratings. So maybe it is a bad time to put it up against the NFL. But yes, I agree. I do like the the Sunday night fights, which you know I wouldn't be upset if we had more of. Oh no, 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 no! I I'm I'm all for it. I just think that the choice of having it during I, listen. The NFL playoffs are one of the highest-rated television viewing events, uh, you know, in, in the United States. You know, so I mean, to go up against it, and then and then the other the other part is you could say, well, people could 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 record it, you know, DVR it and watch it or whatever, and still get it. But I, I think it's even a stupid idea for the live gate because I, you know, how many people are going to go and buy a ticket when the game is on? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, with the exception of diehard boxing fans, but Dax, come on, you know as well as I, the success in boxing has to go beyond the diehards. Well, that's one of the benefits, Bill. Uh, we've been speaking about lately is the streaming apps that are available worldwide. Um, this is not one of those that are available worldwide. But, you know, remember, the NFL is only popular here in the United States. Around the world, it's not. So if this was on a streaming service, the views would probably be a lot higher and you'd have some more of that international exposure as we've been speaking about lately. Right. But unfortunately, it's on Fox. Or yeah, F unfortunately, FX, it's not. FX1. But anyway, um, Jose, uh, you, the big you, 28 wins and uh, two losses, uh, and one of which was extremely controversial. Um, he's ranked number eight in the world. I like this kid. You know, um, does uh, Kaleeb Plant uh, have or <laughs> I say Kaleeb. I think he said pronounced his name as Kaleeb. But I, and in any event, do, does he have a chance? Because he seems to have turned it on uh, of late. Um, you know, Plant is a mover. Uh, in the past, uh, you know, Uzukagui, you know, he shows that. He takes a few rounds to get going. We've seen that in the first Darrell fight. Uh, and Plant, though, really hasn't been in there against anybody, you know, elite or, you know, at that top level, even at that level of uh, Andre Durrell. I think uh, his best win is over uh, Porky Medina, who uh, Uzukagui had faced but five years earlier before uh, Porky Medina had that many miles on him. So, you know, it's interesting. And, uh, of course, uh, Jose Uzakagui has gotten better over the years, uh, you know, with pressure. And we've never really seen what happens when Caleb Plant is under a lot of pressure from a strong fighter like Jose Uzakagui, who has a good chin. The only time I think he was down was back in 2013 or 2012 when he faced a, a younger um, uh, Matt Korobov, who at that time was undefeated. And they actually had a little bit of a war for a while. So this is more or less uh, a test on Caleb Plant. It's a step up in competition. It's certainly going to be the biggest stage he's been on. And uh, Uza Kagui has uh, shown in those two Durrell fights that he is um, he has no problem with uh, pressure. He has no problem with whether or not, you know, how the fight should adjust. You know, he's in there. He's steady. He's a go-forward uh, fighter. So in my opinion, the only thing that, in this fight that goes for uh, the benefit of Caleb Plant is the fact that he is a mover and he could possibly steal a decision. If he stands there and he tries to trade, I think uh, Jose Uzukagui is going to knock him out. It's one of those fights where, you know, whoever wins this one is going to go up to that next level. You know, whoever loses it is going to, you know, more or less fade off because this super middleweight division isn't really doing much business right now out in the United States, at least. It is in the UK because uh, Chris Eubank Jr. and uh, James DeGal, they have a fight coming up and the winner there is more likely going to face division king callum smith i'm picking uh jose in this fight i think he's going to uh, uh win i i think plant you know he's that uh, he's become that guy that uh, you know will be the best of the 
next level guys. You know what I mean? But the top level guys, I think Jose might be on the verge of stepping in. I, I think he's he's in between right now. Who do you like? Who's going to win? I think Jose Uzukagui is going to win. I think he's going to wear him down. I think he's going to get a late stoppage. Unless, like I stated, uh, Caleb Plant just continuously moves and he steals the decision. Before which we, is possible. Before we get into uh, really talking about Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner, um, a couple other fights I wanted to get your thoughts against uh, thoughts about that I like. Um, Brian Jennings against Oscar Rivas next week is uh, is a pretty good heavyweight fight. Um, I, although when you look at the way the computer sees these two, um, you know it, it it seems like a mismatch on paper. Uh, Brian Jennings is ranked number eleven uh, at thirty four years old in the heavyweight division. Um, somewhat a small. This guy reminds me. I've said it a hundred times. He reminds me of a combination of a of a, a Vander Holyfield and uh, a Michael Spinks. He's awkward when he fights. He he recovers quickly. He's in great shape. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not comparing him to either one of those two, but uh, well, in a sense, he reminds me of him. But um, I, I've always liked him. I, I just don't think he's the same fighter since he was destroyed, knocked out. I thought he was killed in the uh, Luis Ortiz fight up at the Turning Stone. Um, he's followed that up with wins over, let's just say, very marginal opposition. Oscar Rivas is a young heavyweight. Um, well, I guess by years he's really not, but young in terms of his uh, amount of fights, 25, he's been uh, carefully moved, but he's got some decent fights too. He's a guy that a lot of people uh, have high hopes for. What's your thoughts on this fight? This is a case of the these guys who just aren't built really, in my opinion, for this era of heavyweights. Uh, you know, these guys are the size of the heavyweights of, you know, the era's previous. Uh, Brian Jennings, you know, is a, you know, a talented fighter. He's a Philadelphia fighter. He's a tough fighter. He has uh, well-rounded boxing skills. Uh, Oscar Rivas is, um, you know, not as known as Jennings because he hasn't had those high-profile fights, but he's certainly very capable and he's a dangerous fighter. Um, whoever wins this is going to get an opportunity, in my opinion, probably to uh, face um, – Deontay Wilder, I don't see either one of these guys stepping into that scenario where they're going to get a fight against um, Anthony Joshua, where I don't even see uh, any one of these guys going um, and being a fight for uh, Tyson Fury. Now, not too long ago, um, after the Anthony Joshua fight, actually, there was rumors it was supposed to happen between Brian Jennings and Joseph Parker. I wonder, you know, if that's a fight that may happen. You know, the winner or the, either the winners here, you know, fight Joseph Parker, who's still a viable name despite losing his belt and having two back to back losses. But, you know, they uh, they win uh, this fight. They fight Joseph Parker and that kind of puts them in the top five. Well, another fight that the winner might see is Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller is uh, in in the talks of getting a, a, a unified, believe it or not, because I, I keep forgetting that he's got some some version of some belt. But. Um, you know, this would be in their minds a safe fight because, like you said, these guys are on the small side for, for heavyweights. But I'm picking Brian Jennings in this fight. I think he's got a, 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 another, you know, win in his system. And I think that he's going to earn a shot uh, again against a, a major player. Who, who are you officially picking? I think Brian Jennings should be able uh, He's. I think he's a better, more rounded boxer. I think he should be able to outbox Rivas. As for uh, Jarrell Miller, I think he's actually facing Trevor Bryant next. Oh, well, that would... Uh, is that signed, sealed, and delivered? I believe so. Huh. 
Well, I mean, you know, it, it was rumored. I, I read a lot about it. You know, I've uh, talked to some uh, people around both camps who said that was going to happen. I really haven't seen any official press releases. But, you know, um, that would be actually a very good fight for both. And remember, Trevor, even though that uh, the title really means little, it uh, he has that title that actually once belonged to Luis Ortiz that Brian Jennings was trying to get when he was knocked out by Luis Ortiz in 2015. He won that against uh, BJ Flores back in uh, October 11th of uh, last year. Well, you know, Brian, the thing that makes me laugh about Jarrell Miller is he claims he's the best. And, you know, why, fighting a, a Bryant Jennings, I think, in my opinion, would be more credible. No, nothing against Trevor Bryant, but uh, uh, anyway, let's move on. I, you know how I feel about Jarrell Miller. I mean, this guy is just... Uh, but anyway, another fight I wanted to talk about, and, and this is an interesting fight for me, and I'm really looking forward to this on the uh, pay-per-view, on the undercard of the Manny Pacquiao pay-per-view card, Marcus Brown against Badu Jack. Uh, Badu Jack uh, uh, made a comment about this fight that he said, uh, I feel young and I feel like I'm still improving. I take care of my body. Age won't be a problem for me. It'll be an advantage. I'm battle-tested. I've been there and uh, I've been there before in tough fights. He hasn't been tested like that, so we'll see what happens. Uh, M uh, Marcus Brown is substantially younger at 28 years old. The computer sees him uh, at number 10 uh, in the world at light heavyweight. And um, Badu Jack is 35. You know, that's something that did surprise me because he I agree with his comment. He doesn't look like he's an aging fighter. Um, this guy has three draws. We all know what three draws mean uh, in the sport of boxing. Uh, but uh, I, I love Badu Jack. I there was a time I didn't. But I, I tell you the truth, I what I love about this kid is that he has gotten better and better and better. And uh, I think he's a tough out. No disrespect to Marcus Brown, but I, I do believe that the winner of this fight will be Jack. What's your thoughts? First, look at the draws that Badu Jack has had. It was against uh, James DeGal when James DeGal pretty much everybody thought was the top of the division. And he had the draw against Adonis Stevenson, which most felt, and I felt that he won. Badu Jack actually is a guy I'm a big fan of as well because he actually, uh, Badu Jack got better after his loss to Derek Edwards. A lot of guys who have a career building up to a moment like that where they haven't had to deal with any adversity kind of sort of, uh, kind of crumble afterwards and they show no direction. Instead, Badu Jack reinvents himself and less than a year later, he beats, uh, uh, Anthony Durrell and wins that WBC super middleweight title. Uh, he may, uh, has that fight with uh, George Groves, who at that time was considered top of that division uh, before the, the James DeGal fight. And then he jumps up the division and he just totally destroys Nathan Cleverly. Uh, you know, Badu Jack in every outing gets a lot better. And I agree that uh, Marcus Brown does not have the experience that uh, Badu Jack has in that in that uh, next level. I actually believe that he lost the fight to uh, uh, Kalajic, uh, you know, which by by four rounds, even though um, he got that split decision. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of his power, uh, the myth that he's such a hard puncher was more or less exposed uh, in his fight against Lennon Castillo. So, you know, Marcus Brown right here, outside of that power and outside some good but not elite boxing skills, is really taking a step up. Badu Jack, we know it's vulnerable early, and that's going to be Marcus Brown's uh, best opportunities. Go in there, hit Badu Jack, get him down early, and stay on top of him because Badu Jack, as we know, keeps getting up. Other than that, Badu Jack, once you get past that fifth round, he should have an easy time with Marcus Brown. I think uh, Badu Jack, the only knock on him, and you're, you're so right. I mean, this guy, when you look at the – since 2013, 
after the draw with uh, uh, Marco Antonio Paribon, um, and and you know the the loss against Derek Edwards. I mean, he fought Porky Medina, and after the Edwards fight, he fought a tough Jason Escalera, Francisco Serrara, Anthony Durrell, Georgie Groves, Lucien Butte, James DeGal, Nathan Cleverly, and Adonis Stevenson. I mean, those were the best of the best of that division. Now, he moved up uh, in uh, uh, into the light heavyweight division, and he's already ranked number three. Um, you know, with a couple of fights under his belt there. And I think that he's tightened up his defense a little better since the knockout loss at the Turning Stone. Um, I I like him, and I I hope that uh, he moves, uh, continues to move on. Now, the one thing I will say about Marcus Brown is he always comes in shape, Dax. He's always in good shape, and uh, I think you make a great point about, um, you know, trying to jump on Badu Jack early uh, to catch him before he... uh, uh, gets his uh, train rolling because uh, he does. He has a tendency to start a little late, but uh, but but do you think he'll he'll try to change that? You think he'll he'll try to start a little quicker against a uh, a younger and you know a guy that is known for coming in shape in uh, Marcus Brown. It might be again. You know, Badu Jack is a guy who has you know completely rounded out his skill set he's versatile so he can come in there with different game plans uh, Marcus Brown yes he's in shape he's uh he's a talented fighter and I'm not trying to take anything away from him but he just has not been on that next uh stage that next level stage if he should come out there and he should beat Badu Jack whether or not it be knockout or decision you know that kind of tells me that maybe Marcus Brown has been held back a little bit too long and right now he should have already been up there at that next level uh whoever wins this fight though is first in line for uh, Alexander Vodzik and right now you know Alexander Vodzik is the um, the lineal champion, you know, he beat it down to Stevenson. So that's going to be, you know, curious uh, to see where that goes. Alexander Bodzik, though, and Dimitri Bivol, I believe, are actually the class of this division. Remember, Badu Jack was supposed to fight Dimitri Bivol a while, uh, while ago with that title that he won off of uh, Nathan Cleverly. Uh, since that fight never happened when Bivol was the interim champion, Bivol was uh, sent into as the regular champion. And then, you know, he was elevated to the super champion. You know, this division is kind of crazy thanks to the WBA. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. But I'm certainly looking forward to this fight because it's going to uh, more or less map out what's going on in that division and what direction it's heading into. Now, the fight that... Uh... Uh, is going to happen next week. Adrian Broner is taking on uh, Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao does have a title um, in this fight, the regular title, like you just said. It was great segue into the WBA. I mean, it's it's pathetic uh, with all the belts they have. Uh, what's even more pathetic is the people who recognize them all and then bill it as such. But nonetheless, it, it is a belt. It is one of the major sanctioning bodies. Um, what's your thoughts on this fight? I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. And, you know, I, I was criticized when I said uh, last week that I thought that Adrian Broner is, should be the favorite in this fight. I got um, several, uh, uh, let's just say, messages uh, um, uh, from Manny Pacquiao fans that says I'm crazy, I'm nuts, blah, blah, blah. But let's be real. I, I mean, Manny Pacquiao is 40 years old. He's been in, in wars. I know Adrian Broner is not a likable guy, but, uh, I mean, for all intent purposes, you know, if Manny Pacquiao comes out like Manny Pacquiao was 10 years ago, he destroys Adrian Broner. But this isn't a Manny Pacquiao of 10 years ago. And I'm not so sure that Freddie Roach, back in his corner, is going to, you know, do anything really for him. I'm actually surprised that that happened. How do you see this fight unfolding? 
know, I like the fight and I don't like the fight based off reasons that you just mentioned. You know, Manny Pacquiao, you know, he has that regular WBA title. Uh, he's still a world-class fighter, but he's certainly not the elite fighter that, you know, fans came to know as that prime destroyer of Manny Pacquiao. Broner, we know, you know, at one point in time was kind of looked at as possibly the heir apparent to Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you know, Broner then, once he got to 147 pounds, uh, his power that he had and th those lower weights wasn't quite as evident. Uh, we've seen in the Paulie Malinagi fight that Adrian Broner's kind of um, the the jab, for some reason he wasn't able to find any answer to that jab. And then in the Marcus Maidana fight, uh, Adrian Broner went out there and he thought that he was going to bully Maidana and Adrian Broner was beaten at every aspect of his own game. He was bullied, he was clowned on, um, you know, more or less it was like a man versus a boy. And ever since then, it's not been the same Adrian Broner. I really believe that Marcus Maidana broke this kid's spirit. You know, he kind of, uh, you know, really destroyed this kid's mindset. And anytime that Adrian Broner has stepped up against elite competition, he has lost. Manny Pacquiao, though, at 40 years old, you know, it's certainly not the fighter that uh, we thought uh, that he was in the past. But um, what I'm trying to say is when you look at that Matisse fight, Manny Pacquiao was more or less a boxer. He wasn't out there a valiant puncher. And to beat Adrian Broner, you have to be a valiant puncher. Adrian Broner freezes up when those punches are thrown at him in um, succession. Look at the Mikey Garcia fight. Mikey Garcia, as long as he was punching, all Adrian Broner did was stand on the ropes. And I think that at the age of Manny Pacquiao, if Adrian Broner is able to stay off those ropes, he's uh, able to take Manny Pacquiao in the middle of the ring and get to those late rounds, kind of push Manny Pacquiao around a little bit like Jeff Horn did, I think Adrian Broner has a very good chance of winning this fight. If he does that, if not, and he tries to lay on his ropes and tries to be a counterpuncher, Manny Pacquiao should win a wide decision unless Broner should happen to catch him, as you stated earlier, in one of those Juan Manuel Marquez uh, counterpunch-type moments. But Adrian Broner is certainly not the accurate type of puncher of a Juan Manuel Marquez. You know, the, th the thing is with, uh, with Broner, if he lets his hands go, I mean, how many fights... You know, if you look at all the, the 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 questionable fights, you know, all of his losses, his draw, some of his controversial wins, um, they were all types of fights where, you know, people are begging him to let his hands go and throw punches. Why does he do that? Is he locked in because he's waiting to land that one punch that he feels he's going to counter and, and, and knock somebody on their butt? Uh, or... Is he shell shocked? I mean, I can't put my finger on it. You know, when he was when he was a big, lighter weight guy, when he was fighting any lighter weights, and he was you know would come in bigger than his opponent, I could see him being very picky with the punches that he wants to throw because he wants to be accurate and he wants to you know save his energy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when he became when he moved up in weight and he started fighting better fighters. That same scenario doesn't take place. But if he did utilize his hand speed, and he does have, an, uh, you know, he is an accurate puncher, he could have won some of those fights or at least not had some of the others controversial. What happened to him? Why, why is he doing that? Why is he hesitant to pull the trigger, it seems? It's, he's fighting a style that's not Adrian Broner's style. 
We see this in the gyms and we discuss it all the time. These young kids, they see a fighter or you get a trainer that sees a certain fighter reach a certain level of success and they say, okay, I can teach that to my fighter and they stick with it. And that's a problem with Adrian Broner. He tries to follow the Floyd Mayweather style, except he's not as effective, anywhere near as effective as Floyd Mayweather. And he's certainly not active as uh, active with his punching and he's not as accurate with his punching as Floyd Mayweather is. And I believe Adrian Broner has been doing that for so long in his career, ever since he has left that white lightweight division, he has a hard time going back to what he knows best. And when you're in there against guys that are at that next level who don't allow you to adjust mid-fight, that becomes a problem. And that, in my opinion, has been Adrian Broner's problem is that when he gets in there against these top-level guys like a Sean Porter, who's a very physical, strong guy who's going to maul you and throws a lot of punches, a guy like a Mikey Garcia who throws a lot of punches and he doesn't really give you an opportunity to counter because he doesn't stay right in front of you, or a guy like a Paulie Malignaggi who makes you continuously turn around using that jab and he doesn't allow you to set your feet and counterpunch him. That's been the problem with Adrian Broner and why he's lost those fights. He's uh, kind of seems confused in there and he doesn't know how to adjust. That's something that Adrian Broner has to work on now, whether or not it's this fight, whether or not it's any fights afterwards. Because again, as he goes in there against these higher level guys at a younger age, near his age, he's not going to be able to lay on those ropes. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that Adrian Broner is not putting the time in the gym anymore? Is is his style just fighting to make it on his feet to the end of the uh, end of the fight and survive? Is he is he become I'm going to survive twelve round type of a fighter, or is he just not putting in the time due to lack of dedication? Now he claims he's rededicated himself to the sport, whatever. But um, the point is, is you know, it, it, it seems to me, especially with all the extracurricular activities outside the ring. That boxing, in terms of the 24-hour period of Adrian Broner's every day of his life, isn't a priority. Do you think that that's a result of him trying to, uh, you know, the way he fights now, do you think it's a result of not putting in the time and he's just trying to uh, be very cautious and, and efficient with, with his uh, uh, punches so he doesn't want to lose energy, he doesn't want to gas out? I mean, you think that's a, something that he's doing um, purposely or do you think it's something that's just coming because of a lack of dedication? Well, I think the lack of dedication is a major part, and I believe that that lack of dedication was developed by those around Adrian Broner, and it was developed by uh, the media. I always say that social media, um, whether or not it's the internet, um, uh, boxing websites, or whether or not you know it's a Facebook or it's a Twitter, that you know you get these fans and these small media outlets that more or less build these fighters up to levels beyond what they've already accomplished. And then on top of that, depending on whatever network that you're with, whether or not it was HBO when that was active or Showtime. You know, they, they continuously, whatever fighter is going to headline, they continuously bring that fighter to a level that that fighter really is not at. And when you're in your early 20s and you're making those millions of dollars and you're on TV and you're going through divisions and you're winning these world titles in an era where it's easy to win world titles, not taking away from the accomplishment, but because there's so many and there's these uh, interim uh, versions of these titles that they all of a sudden believe that they have reached that pinnacle of the sport and then they really stop trying to advance their skill set if they're not with the right guys. It wasn't too long ago that Adrian Broner joined up with Kevin Cunningham, who is a no-nonsense guy, 
and he doesn't tolerate any of that um, outside of the ring uh, uh, behavior. He doesn't want that around this camp or his other fighters. Now, Adrian Broner needs to conform to that. I know that while he's in camp, he works very hard. I've seen a reaching picture of him. Adrian Broner looks in shape. He looks like he lost a lot of weight. But then again, there's rumors that Adrian Broner within the last uh, less than a week has been seen at night at several strip clubs. So which Adrian Broner is going to show up? I don't know, but you have to blame the, the people around you not keeping their fighters grounded. Remember when people used to tell their fighters, don't get ahead of yourself, kid. Worry about this fight. We'll worry about the next one next time. You know, it wasn't until fighters uh, got later on into their career that they sit there and uh, more or less take it easy on uh, their bodies, you know, towards the tail end of their fight, or as you were saying before, uh, with Manny Pacquiao, stay around a little bit too long for, you know, for whatever reason. Nowadays, it just seems all these young fighters, they get one appearance on TV, they think they're a superstar, and then they have nothing to work for, they have nothing to aspire for, and the people around them, once they're getting a little bit of that money broken off, they don't think that this fighter has anything uh, to improve on. And when that fall comes, it comes hard. Jeez, it sounds like you're talking about Tank Davis, brother. Actually, Tank Davis, you know what? Ever since he joined with Kevin Cunningham, remember him and um, Adrian Broner went with Kevin Cunningham at the same time. Javante Davis, outside of um, you know some of his antics when he's not at the fights, uh, not uh, in training camp, and I do mean you know when he's uh, at PBC shows, he's clowning around and things like that. But you know, in terms of his shape. Um, and, you know, when he's not fighting, you know, not adding all that weight on has really dramatically improved. And Adrian Broner, who Javante uh, uh, Davis actually looked up to, Adrian Broner, in my opinion, can kind of take a few lessons from Javante Davis and say, you know what, I need to do what you're doing. Hey, he's fighting soon, isn't he? Didn't didn't I see that he's scheduled to fight pretty soon, right? Tank Davis. I, I believe he is, and off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I believe yeah, he's uh, getting scheduled uh, for a title fight. Yeah, he's uh, he's. I know he's scheduled to uh, to fight fairly soon. But uh, anyway, Dax, uh, great job as usual. And um, I I just got to ask you another question. You you you've been watching our twenty four seven channel. I mean, uh, have you have you stumbled across any uh, younger versions of Dax Khan on there yet, or what? I have, you know, and, and Ginnico, I love it. You know, right now we're everywhere, and whether or not we're on Ginnico or on Fight TV, uh, uh, you know, we have so many different platforms. Um, not too long ago, um, somebody had contacted me. They were saying what a big fan of Law & Order. Their father was uh, a veteran in his 70s. So what I did was I got some of those photos from our show uh, with the banner that's on in the background. I autographed that. I sent it out there, uh, you know, to Rachel. She gave that to her dad, who's an ex-retired uh, 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 veteran in the military. And, you know, and everybody, the more that they see us, us, you know, the more that they're catching on. Wow, you know what? These guys, not only are they on all these outlets, they've really been on quite a bit in a lot of places for well, a long time. As you stated earlier in the show, 15 years. How many more years are we going to go, Bill? Can you go another 15 years? <laughs> I can. I know another 15 years. Sal's going to make another comeback. I know, yeah, well, Sal's, Sal's probably going to be doing a comeback in 15 years. I don't know if I can make another 15, but uh, you could keep you could keep the ball rolling, that's for sure. But uh, anyway, great job. I know uh, I can talk straight for 15 years, but I know you can. Nobody, nobody's gonna, <laughs> nobody's gonna argue with that. That's for sure. I don't know how you do it, but uh, he does breathe, boys and girls. I, I just don't know how. I think he's got a, a, a hole in his back that uh, gives him air. So when he's talking, it's it's constantly feeding him more air. But uh, anyway, enjoy the fights. I know one guy that's not going to be watching NFL playoffs today and will be watching the fights, and that's my man Dax Con. Dax, uh, keep up the good work with the website, and uh, uh, we will uh, talk to you next week, brother. 
All right, everybody enjoy the fights and build that thing where they throw back and forth at each other, whatever it is. <laughs> I've got a DVR though, brother. I'll be. I like Jose. I like him, so I'm going to be watching it. Not tonight, but uh, maybe tomorrow. But uh, anyway, right. have have a good one. Uh, that's right, that. Guys. That's Dax Khan. You can check his column up on BillySheetBoxing.com. All right, Ooh. listen. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back. Uh, we're going to have uh, Sal back with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have Sal back with us. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. So we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us in... uh, Speaking about being with us, joining us again is uh, <clears throat> Sal Rocky Senecola doing his best impression that I'm getting to watch that you guys aren't of the Three Stooges with the light bulb and what 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 were you doing paying off somebody from Skype? I get the camera on you counting money, giving it to Skype, and I'm like, oh, at least he's got the picture back. No, that was my impression of Uncle Fester. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta you, you you gotta have you gotta have more you gotta have more hair like me, but uh, uh or less hair like me. But anyway, let's it's my, improv, it's my improv classes, Bill. I've been taking them to another level. Yeah, you certainly have. Um so we uh, let's finish up our uh our thoughts on uh Adrian Broner uh, making uh title challenging Manny Pacquiao for his uh belt that he has. And uh it's it's worth about the belt that keeps my pants from falling down. But uh anyway. Uh, Adrian Broner, you know, Dax and I were talking uh, earlier. You know, you go back with, with Adrian Broner, just like Tank Davis when he was young. Now, you got to go back seven years, uh, back to uh, uh, 2011. Um, well, I, guess it's, I guess it's eight years now, but uh, 2011, beginning of the year. Um, uh, well, okay, let's, let's go back to his first big win, in my opinion, uh, was against uh, Ilio Julio. Uh, when he knocked him out in the first round, Julio was well past his prime, but still was a was a quality fighter. But the fight that I thought that uh, brought Adrian Broner, uh, you know, basically into the discussion was his uh, ten round unanimous decision over Daniel Ponce de Leon uh, in March of 2011. Uh, he won the title, and um, he just he busted onto the scene. When he followed, again, he was already on the scene. He was a guy that we were watching, but in my opinion, he 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 arrived, and he was a he was that upper uh, level fighter, and he followed it up with demolishing Jason Lidsow and 
He had a good win over uh, Vicente uh, Martin Rodriguez. Eloy Perez was a was an undefeated uh, uh, California fighter who I thought was really good. Uh, destroyed him. Uh, Vincent Escobedo uh, knocks him out. Uh, gets in with Antonio DeMarco, knocks him out, who's a tough guy, tough guy to knock out. Uh, gets in with Gavin Rees, who was uh, uh, a top fighter at the time. Now we're in 2013. Knocks him out. Then he steps in the ring against Paulie Malignaggi, June 22nd, 2013. And this is when I feel that Adrian Broner's career started heading in a different direction. Many people believe Paulie Malignaggi should have won that fight. Uh, Adrian Broner did win. He won a split decision, 12-round decision over Paulie Malignaggi. Paulie Malignaggi still cries about this fight, um, and rightfully so. Um, but Adrian Broner was just not the same fighter, and it wasn't because Paulie Malignaggi beat his butt, Sal. It was because his dedication, something that you are very uh, uh, adamant about when you're going to fight, the, the time you put in and, and the dedication, etc. This is where Adrian Broner started to slip. He fought Marcus Medina. Uh, and uh, took a shellacking. I mean, this this guy was beaten to a pulp. Credit, he finished the fight on his feet. Uh, you know, he fought uh, Carlos Molina, Emmanuel Taylor, John Molina Jr. Uh, got beat up again by Sean Porter, um, followed with a couple of wins. He struggled with uh, Adrian Gordados. He won it, but it was a split decision. And then his last two fights, uh, Mikey Garcia battered him for 12 rounds. And uh, a like opponent with Manny Pacquiao, Jesse Vargas, fought him to a draw. The same Jesse Vargas that uh, uh, that uh, Manny Pacquiao beat uh, for the title uh, back in uh, 2016. Um, like I said earlier, uh, Adrian Broner is ranked number 12 in the world at welterweight. He's five foot six. He's got a 69 inch reach. Uh, he's got a record of 33 wins, 24 coming by knockout, three losses. Uh, has never been stopped. He had the one draw, uh, a 63% knockout ratio. Um, he steps in the ring with Manny Pacquiao, Sal. I mean, and Manny Pacquiao is, is a Hall of Famer. There's no question. I don't care if he if he fights five more times and loses all five by knockout. He's still a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's still uh, uh, one of uh, the best fighters that I've ever seen uh, live. Uh, he's ranked number four, which is still... Uh, pretty damn good for a 40-year-old fighter still in the mix to be ranked uh, in the top five. He's a southpaw, five foot, uh, five and a half, 67-inch reach, former multi, 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 multi-division world champion. I mentioned uh, uh, his fights earlier, his last win against Lucas Matisse, a knockout. Uh, says he likes fighting like that, remembered how to knock people out. Um, coming off the uh, loss to Jeff Horn. He had the Jesse Vargas fight, but look at the names on his resume. Uh, Timothy Bradley, uh, he came up short against Floyd, but, uh, you know, fought Bradley a couple of times. Bam Bam Rios, Juan Manuel Marquez, he fought a bunch of times, uh, you know, with the knockout. Sugar Shane Mosley, Antonio Mar Margarito, Joshua Clotty, Miguel Cotto, uh, Ricky Hatton, Oscar De La Hoya, David Diaz, Marco Antonio Barrera. Uh, Eric Morales, I, I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. And, you know, a lot of young fans may not even remember these guys. I mean, Eric Morales, Hall of Famer now. I mean, uh, you know, you can't take anything away from him, you know. And the, the fact that he's still fighting at this level, 
is just amazing, Sal. It is amazing. I mean, and that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He's a living, live, active fighter who is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the first chance they they, they see him worthy or, or, or they allow once he does retire, he's going to be right in there. I mean, it, 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 he's got a resume that, as you said, is just uh, stellar. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's really how many times can you go back to the mountain and, and get up for a fight? It doesn't matter to Manny because Manny's a warrior, as I said. He gets up for any fight. It, it doesn't have to worry about the incentive. He shows up. He wants to destroy the opponent in the opposite corner. That's the mentality. That's the mindset. And that's great. But my big concern is when is enough. And, uh, you know, I hope Manny is as uh, cognizant of, of, of what's going on uh, 20 years from now. Because uh, he's not—he's not a little fancy Dan boxer. This guy's a warrior. He—he he takes punishment, but he dishes it out. And uh, you know, I—I I just think that uh, this is a fight for Adrian Broner to really say to himself, "Hey, do I want to just be an opponent and fight every once in a while, and and, and be that that spoiler or that uh, journeyman one day, or do I want to resurrect my career, get back on track?" and show everybody what I'm really capable of. And I'll start it off in the year 2019 with a significant big win over Manny Pacquiao. That's why I think Adrian Broner's had a lot to gain from this fight. Oh, of course. I mean, this yeah. fight for, for Adrian Broner, I mean, it, it, what Dax was saying, he, he, he changed uh, trainers and, he's, he's, and he has talked about him uh, you know, dedicating himself more and more to, you know, more, back again to the sport. I mean, this could spell a lot of trouble for Manny Pacquiao. It can, it um, can, Bill. It you know, can. I, and and if he's, you know, the the one thing that that Adrian Broner has done of late, since I'm I'm talking, you know, since since he busted onto the scenes, uh, you know, six, say, let's say for, for the last five or six years, what Adrian Broner has done is he has fought very cautiously and conservatively. And you have to wonder, is he doing this because he's overconfident? Is he doing it because he knows deep down he hasn't put in the work? Um, whatever the case is, you know, like I said to Dax earlier, how many times do we hear, you know, people yelling, his corner yelling, you know, let your hands go, let your hands go, let your hands go. And he waits, he waits, he waits, and then the fight's over. He can't do that with Manny Pacquiao. He has to come and, and, and take the chance, Sal, something that you did in every one of your fights, Take the chance and say to yourself, I'm going to knock this guy out or he's going to knock me out. End of story. You can't be afraid to go in there and get knocked out. The, the, if Adrian Brown, and I'm, I'm saying that sitting from this chair, okay? So, I mean, I, I don't want to hear the, the, the no, criticism. But my point is, is that you can't fight Manny Pacquiao. Even a 40-year-old version of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, you true. can't fight Manny Pacquiao thinking you're going to land a shot. And let's be real, boys and girls. The Juan Manuel Marquez knockout punch, the counter punch that Manny got caught on his way in, that was a fluke. Is is it available to other fighters? Yes. But don't for a minute think that because he, he got knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez, one of the greatest counter punches ever, uh, is the way to beat him because it's not the way to beat him is to force him to fight. He doesn't like to see his own blood. He doesn't like. I mean, the the Jeff Horn, 
You, uh, you, 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 I probably took the words right out of your mouth. Jeff yeah. Horn, a guy that has no talent. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I shouldn't say it. But nowhere near the talent level, the boxing ability that Manny Pacquiao has. But yet, how he beat Pacquiao, which I don't think he beat. Honestly, I think Pacquiao won the fight. But Pacquiao fought very. He, he fought like he fought enough. You know, you can't leave fights in the judges' hands anymore, Sal. No, you can't. And you know what? And that that was what was so disappointing with that fight when I observed it. Because, you know, you don't take for granted. First of all, you don't know what the judges see in the fight, which fight they're watching. You know, can only assume. And, and like I said, there's a, take it out of the judges' hands and knock your opponent out or be so overwhelmingly convincing that you are winning this fight that, you know, there is no doubt. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, and, and like I said, uh, uh, Manny's a warrior. He, he, he usually wants to give his fans everything he's got uh, to, to show that he is still a viable, uh, I hate to say the word opponent, a viable option. He's, he, he's a champion. He's a world-class fighter. And uh, no matter what age he, he is today, he is still a world-class fighter and a very dangerous fighter. And, uh, you know, it just uh, just so happens that Adrian Broner is also a world-class fighter. So this fight is very, very good on the, on the level to where, you know, we're looking at both fighters entering the ring, and hopefully the fighters that we, we see are the fighters that we anticipate are at their top of their game. And, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see the fight, uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm always kind of kind of Concern that Manny, you know, is not is not uh, thinking about retirement right now. <laughs> He's definitely not thinking about retirement. He should, well, not now. but I but mean, you know. but he wants he he wants so bad to get back in the ring with Floyd. And and, really. and, and, so. and 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 you know the funny thing is the funny thing is you could see Adrian Broner trying to say to himself, well, you know, Floyd was able to to beat him. He was able to counterpunch him. He let Manny, you know, uh, do his thing and, and was able to, to, to pick his shots and stuff. But, but here's the thing. You know, Floyd Mayweather, he's won fights. And people, judges have scored fights for him because of his defense. You know, Floyd's not an exciting fighter. He never was. He never was. Well, maybe in his early days, prior to, to you know him going on his own. When he was with Top Rank, he, 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 was, he was exciting as a young fighter. But, you know, I've said this many, many times. You know, you think of great fighters. You know, if you want to think of Manny Pacquiao, you know, somebody says Manny Pacquiao, you close your eyes and you start thinking of fights. I mean, the, 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 the fights with Marquez and, and Eric Morales and Antonio Barrera and, and you know, all, the, all these fights – pop into your head Mike Tyson all these great fights pop into your head you know uh, any fighter that's a that's a great fighter you 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 think you, you have these instant memories come back you think of Floyd Mayweather uh, what do you think of you, you, you just his image pops in your head maybe but not a great performance he's never had a great performance in my opinion or or let me let me rephrase it he's never had an exciting performance and I don't think Adrian Broner can win a fight that is technically sound or defensively sound like Floyd did against Manny Pacquiao. The judges leaned towards Floyd um, in his fight with Manny Pacquiao because Pacquiao did not throw enough punches. 
We heard, we still hear about the shoulder injury and everything else. But the truth of the matter is, is if Manny Pacquiao was a little more aggressive in that fight, he would have gotten the nod. He would have. You know, Floyd Mayweather just doesn't throw the punches. Adrian Broner is not going to win this fight if he doesn't throw punches. And I'll tell you another thing. If Manny Pacquiao wins this fight, and I don't care how he wins it, but if he wins this fight and he does get his rematch with Floyd, I don't think Floyd will win. I disagree with what you're saying. And the reason why is because Floyd will try to fight the same way he fought. And assuming Manny doesn't injure his shoulder again, Manny will have to be more aggressive. And I think that Manny knows that he, you know, he made a big mistake in that first fight. And Floyd, you know, although he's pretty much uh, uh, preserved his body, he's, he's, he has not taken a beating ever, um, his age is, is, is getting to him, uh, just like it gets to all of us. So not looking ahead, my uh, prediction for the Manny Pacquiao-Adrian Broner fight um, based on Manny Pacquiao's uh, style, his career, and I, I believe he's got the fire burning again, Sal. I really do. And although I didn't think that he needed Freddie Roach in his corner, I, I'm not so sure he even listens to Freddie Roach anymore. I'm not even sure what Freddie Roach does for anybody anymore. But the one thing that I think that he will help uh, light a fire under Manny's butt if he's not letting his hands go. Um, whether he can you know, get that point across to Manny or not, I don't know. But we all know that Freddie Roach is an offense-minded fighter, and Manny Pacquiao will win this fight if he's offensive-minded. If he tries to be too perfect and Adrian Broner uh, does come out a little aggressive, which I think that's his only chance, uh, Manny could be in trouble, and this could be his last pro fight, and Adrian Broner could earn himself uh, a, a big shot at somebody. But uh, my official prediction is uh, Manny Pacquiao by a decision. I think he's going to, uh, uh, if if Adrian Broner loses this fight by a knockout, it'll be a TKO and he'll quit on his stool. If Manny can muster up a, uh, a performance uh, like he did with Oscar De La Hoya or uh, Antonio Margarita or um, uh, 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 Miguel Cotto, where he just you know unleashes a barrage of punches and just batters uh, Adrian Broner, I could see him quitting on a stool, but I don't know if Manny Pacquiao can knock out Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, you could say what you want about him, but he's got a solid chin. I'm picking Manny Pacquiao uh, via a uh, a unanimous decision. What's your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I love how you dissected that and assessed it, and I think you always do an excellent job, and uh, I could see the pathway and everything else, and as we were talking earlier, and I heard you with Dax, uh, great segment, by the way, you and Dax. Always appreciate that. Um, you know, which Adrian Broner is going to show up. And, you know, I remember some of my conversations with the great old trainer, Chicky Ferrara, after we train. And, you know, to look at a boxer span, his history, his life, you know, I remember Chicky saying, hey, Sal, this is just a few short years that you've got to live clean, that you've got to be dedicated to boxing, that you've got to put everything in all and the blinders on and just be a boxer. That's it. Just be a fighter. And, you know, some fighters can do that. Some fighters can't. And 
like I said, Adrian Broner's had a little bit of the ups and downs with his dedication or some of the interference that he's allowed the outside life to, to uh, get in the way of. But like I said, he's got a, a lot to win with this fight. He's got a lot to gain with this fight. Is the fire relit in his heart and his mind? Is he ready to take this this big step and say, hey, I'm back. I'm with a, a whole other camp. I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to show the world I'm serious. I know I've got talent. And uh, America's got talent. And I'm going to show everybody what I'm capable of doing. So, like I said, that's a that's a big fight to 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 get up for. And I see Adrian Broner having that incentive if if he keeps his his head straight and everything else. And with that being said, I think he's got some good tools yet, uh, and he has a heck of a chin. And I think Manny and 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 all due respect, like I said, I love Manny. He's a warrior. He's everything that a boxer, a fighter. A warrior should should personify and should represent and should be. He he is he is the poster child of, of, of that. But like I said, Adrian Broner, yes, he's ten years younger. He's got a lot of fire, a lot of incentive. He's he's got the tools. And why not take this as as a lesson? You know, if you're going to be fighting and you're going to be afraid to lose, that means you're afraid to win. I think Adrian Broner knows the significant value of this fight, and I think he's going to to really uh, look to. To see what he could expose in Manny, as Manny, I think when he fought Jeff Horn, it showed a lot of uh, a lot of things there that uh, that I think uh, uh, other opponents that think they can beat Manny will try to capitalize and learn from. So I'll tell you what, Bill, and I'm probably going to get a lot of criticism from this, but I I'm going to give the underdog, uh, which I don't think is Manny. I think I think still is uh, is uh, Adrian Broner and. I think Broner has a lot more to gain from this fight, and and I want to see if Adrian Broner really puts it together and uh, rises to the occasion and has that burning passion in his heart like Manny does. But uh, I I'm gonna say that I think Adrian Broner is going to uh, pour it on and possibly walk away with a victory. You know I I I'm not that doesn't surprise me, and and Adrian Broner should win. I mean, this is a guy that's not 30 years old. You know, uh, if he's rededicated himself, he should win. I'm picking Manny, but I, I yeah. think, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I, I agree, and I, and I think you're right I, for your reasons. You know, he's talented. There's no question about it. You, you know, when he's serious about the sport, Adrian Broner's a talented fighter. Um, you know, he's younger. If he's got the fire again, if he truly has turned, uh, you know, his life around like he says he has, um, then, uh, then, then he should win this fight. Manny Pacquiao is not the same Manny Pacquiao no, as he not. was. He's not. not. He's not. not. He, 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 he hasn't been the same Manny Pacquiao for six years. You know, he wasn't the same Pacquiao when he fought Floyd, and Floyd wasn't the same Floyd when he fought Pacquiao. You know, I mean, these guys are aging. You know, the sad thing about it is we still talk about them. Manny Pacquiao should be in retirement right now. Uh, you know, counting the days when he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Same as Floyd. You know, so, uh, you know, I, this fight is Adrian Broner's to take. It's his to lose as well. The only way Manny comes out of this looking great is if all of a sudden he can muster a performance uh, of a, a Manny Pacquiao performance of old. If he can muster one up. And, and he kind of did against Lucas Matisse. But I believe that, and no disrespect to Matisse, 
Adrian Broner is a much talented fighter. I, I, I like the fact that you're going with Adrian Broner uh, only because it really solidifies what we're both saying, that this is going to be a decent fight. Uh, you know, it, it, may, it may not have been a fight that anybody initially wanted to see, but I do think it's going to be a good fight. So I'm officially picking Manny. Do you think Adrian Broner is going to knock him out? I think he could. I think it's going to be late stoppage. I think uh, Adrian Broner is going to rally, and either the referee is going to stop him or uh, or Manny's going to be down more than one time in a round, and uh, the referee is going to see enough thinking he's an aging fighter. I, I here's here's one of the reasons why too, Phil. As we often do in the game of boxing, because well, let's face it, we're we're emotional people too. I if I thought my heart. I'm looking back at the at the at the warrior that Manny Pacquiao that I that I've seen him be, and that's the fighter that I always see coming into the ring, but that fact does not remain any longer. And so what I'm trying to say with my head in this decision that I'm I'm going with Broner is that we, as you said earlier, we haven't seen Manny Pacquiao as we remembered him being in quite a few years, and. If that's what everybody else, including the fan base of Manny Pacquiao, are, is also expecting to see, they're going to be disappointed. And like I said, this is the fight that is an easy fight for Adrian Broner to get up for, knowing the significant value of him walking away with a victory could do for his career. And this is a make-or-break fight for Broner at that level. And Manny Pacquiao, unfortunately, is going to be a make-or-break fight for him too. And I just see that, you know, if I had envisioned – the old Manny Pacquiao going to the ring, yeah, I picked Manny, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. I haven't seen the real Manny Pacquiao in quite a few years, so that's why I'm going with Broner, too. Well, like I said, you know, he did resemble Pacquiao of old in his last fight against Lucas Matisse, but I'm giving Adrian Broner, um, uh, he's much better fighter than Lucas Matisse, at least at this stage. So uh, we'll see. We'll be looking forward to it. We'll be talking about it post-fight next time. Uh, so uh, don't uh, you're not going to want to miss that. I got a couple of emails. Um, this one's from uh, my man James. He says, hey, Billy, see, being a longtime listener, I remember when you'd kick off the year by asking the listeners for their top 10 greats. My all-time great list is heavy with heavyweights. I chose fighters who were fun to watch and who struck me as being dynamic in and out of the ring. Uh, note, Manny and Floyd are nowhere on here. I did. I, I had asked uh, for it, but, you know, um, it was uh, a little bit of our fault, a little bit of the listener's fault. Uh, we were trying to do it, and then we weren't doing the shows at the end of the year. So, uh, uh, anyway, he's got uh, – this is my man James, um, and he says also congrats on the new channel. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out that channel, check it out. Uh, you can get all the information on uh, Ginico. Uh, USA.com, G-I-N-I-K-O, USA.com. Uh, and I've been uh, loving it myself. Dax says he likes it. Uh, I love uh, checking out some of the old stuff we've done. We've opened up the archives. We've got all kinds of plans for this year. Uh, and uh, I'm seeing the revisited a lot, Sal. And uh, I love it. it. Uh, yeah. I love it. I, there was one I was watching the other day, and, and we were having some technical dif difficulties while we were live. And none of that was cut out. So you can see me looking at the screen going, why isn't it starting? And you're sitting there with this. You, you look like 
you, you would just like with a fake smile because the camera was live. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to talk to me through the side of your mouth. Like, it was uh, funny. There was more comedy going on with nothing happening. I was laughing my ass off. But anyway, uh, James is uh, top 10 going from 10 to 1. Marvin Hagler is his uh, all-time great number 10. Number 9, B-Hop. Uh, number 8, Sugar Ray Robinson. I, I, you know, I, I'll just say... Sugar Ray Robinson's my number one. I mean, any list you want to give me, all-time great, pound for pound, whatever, Sugar Ray Robinson's number one. Um, according to James, he's number eight. Otoro Gotti, number seven. Uh, wow, that's that's a shocking one. Mickey Ward, number six. He says, I listed Ward and Gotti back-to-back because their fights were against each other. were wars. Um, they were, but... Uh, I mean, come on, man. I, listen, I'm not, you know, th- this is all subjective, but um, all-time greats, um, no disrespect to Mickey Ward or Arturo Gotti, um, there's no way they could be ahead of uh, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. But uh, Henry Armstrong? Anyway, he's not even on his list. Um, number five is Sugar Ray Leonard. Number four is Jake LaMotta. Number three is Joe Lewis. Number two, Iron Mike Tyson. Where's and, Roberto Duran? And number one is Muhammad Ali. D- Duran is, uh, he's not here. He's still got a full head of hair, more, more than me, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the email, James. Uh, I got another one here. This one's from uh, uh, Jesse. And he says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I'll tell you uh, what Mikey is seeing in Spence that he will exploit later when the fight gets closer. But that does not mean, uh, I'm sorry, but. But does that mean Spence will make an adjustment during the fight and, for, and before? Um, he says, okay, so uh, he says he says he's going to tell us what's what Mikey Garcia sees in Errol Spence when the fight gets closer. Why not tell us now, Jesse? Tell us now. Tell us now. You know, I mean, uh, come on. Hey, hey, listen, I like. Errol Spence off if you want to tip him off. I, yeah, I love that fight. Okay, um, I am saying many people are saying that Mikey Garcia is chasing the money and that he's doesn't have a chance and blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you something. Errol Spence, who's he fought? I mean, I am not questioning this guy's ability, but who has he fought? You know, uh, his his biggest win uh, was um, was the, 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 the cat from from England with the broken eye socket. You know, aside from that, and he broke his second eye socket. But, uh, um, you know, aside from that, and I'm not suggesting he's not talented, but his ego is getting in the way. And Mikey Garcia, you can say what you want about Mikey Garcia. And Errol Spence will be the bigger fighter on fight night. There's no question about it. He'll probably outweigh Mikey Garcia by at least 15. But Mikey Garcia is the type of fighter, and the reason why I love him is because he adjusts and he has fought every other style. But the best thing about Mikey Garcia is that when he fights in a fight, he is fighting round by round. And his goal is to win round after round. If you notice his what he does, regardless of the fighter he fights and the style in which that fighter possesses, Mikey Garcia will try to outpunch his opponent in that round. If his opponent throws five punches, I'll bet you dollars to donuts that Mikey Garcia will throw ten. That's how he wins these fights. If a knockout comes, so be it. 
but he'll win a fight on on decision. Now, as far as Errol Spence Jr., he's going to have to withstand his power because uh, Mikey Garcia has been down in his career. The question is, is if Errol Spence connects with Mikey Garcia, will he get up? Uh, but I do like the fight. I think it's going to, even though uh, naysayers will say that Mikey Garcia is moving up and he's fighting uh, a bigger guy and, and Errol Spence is in a uh, you know no-win situation, I think we're going to learn a lot about Errol Spence in this fight, regardless of if he wins or loses. I, I really do. I don't think it's a layup for him, Sal. No, I don't think it's a layup for him. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I'd hate to just, just blurt out, and I won't say anything else about it, my, my prediction now, but going into the fight on paper, black and white for me, and just right now, I, I do see Errol Spence winning that fight. But, uh, uh, you know, as we get closer to it, I think we'll have uh, good valid reasons across the aisle to uh, see why both fighters are are likely to have good good points of how each of them can win and beat the other fighter. But uh, uh, like I said, just uh, unemotionally, my first pick and uh, going off the top, I'm going to pick Errol Spence to win that fight. Oh no, anybody anybody that that you know, wants to put money on the fight should put it on Errol Spence. I'm just suggesting that... Mikey Garcia is a hell of a fighter. Exactly. Um, the and second... And I give him credit for fighting this fight. Me too. I mean, you, you know, this is... Billy, this is what personifies what you and I always want and we always ask for and we always see. A fighter challenging himself. And a, Mikey Garcia sought this fight out. And, and, and that's, that's the whole thing. That's so beautiful to see. And maybe, you know, that's the passion, that's the glory, that's the heart, and that's the true spirit of a warrior, to challenge themselves, to make sure and to see if they are really the best. And what do you do? You go, you go after who everyone else thinks the best. So with that being said right there, hey, maybe Mikey does know something that nobody else knows, and that's what he believes in himself, his heart, his passion, his desire, his tools, his ability to get up for the occasion and to be dominant. And that's all it takes. I mean, it's not all it takes, but it's it certainly is a good foundation, good formula to go into any fight. And three judges in your back pocket. That usually helps, too. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Can I say it again? Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, Jesse says, it looks like Khan and Crawford's going to happen, although not confirmed. Interesting fight should be a test for Crawford. Uh, it is going to be announced this week. I'm not so sure it's going to be a test for Crawford. Crawford's an exceptional fight. You know, there's people out there that criticize me about giving Terrence Crawford the accolades I do. But I'm telling you, man, I've been I've been watching boxing for, let's see, at least 40-something years. I've been involved in the business for 35. I'm telling you right now, Terrence Crawford is an exceptional fighter. The biggest problem that TC has right now is Bob Arum. And I'm not suggesting that Bob hasn't done a good job to get him where he is. I just think that Bob hasn't done a good job in making him a household name. And it's just, he's making himself a household name by his performance. But this guy should be more well-known. He, he, he can do it all. And uh, uh, time's ticking for him, too. Uh, Amir Khan, no disrespect. I've always liked him. He doesn't have a chance against her. I don't even think that fight's going to be close, to be honest with you. No, and I agree with you 100% there. Terrence Crawford, let me tell you, we, we talk about it, and yes, he also is the definitive or the reason or the warrior mentality. This guy rises to the occasion. 
He does it in such a graceful, such a beautiful manner. He'll dismantle his opponent. And you know what? Never count Terrence Crawford out. Because this guy, like I said, he, uh, he, he has that heart, that passion, that desire, that design. He knows how to win. And that's something you're, you're, you, it, that's innate. It's not just uh, something you learn. He knows how to win. He, he believes himself. And Terrence Crawford, I, I give him all the athletes. He, he definitely, I think he'll win this fight. Uh, he'll win. Je- Je- Jesse wants to give his picks for, uh, for tonight's fights. He's picking Jose over uh, uh, Plant via a split decision. He's taking Figueroa over Flores in a late take TKO. And he says uh, in an unusual fight, he's taking a med over Green. And he wants to know, do I like Jose Ramirez against Jose Zepeda? Uh, he says, is this bout a stay-busy bout for Ramirez? Zepeda hasn't fought anybody. Um, you know, today it's hard to... to Stay busy fights because fighters don't fight as frequently as they used to. And the fact that so many fighters are coddled on the way up. You know, what boxing has become, and a great example of it is Jarrell Miller, who I think is a total fraud. Jarrell Miller actually has a strap around his fat-ass waist of his. I don't know how many extensions they had to get for him. but uh, But the truth of the matter is he does have a belt. But he has fought no one. And his first so-called title defense is against another uh, heavyweight that's not even a legitimate. I know he's in the top 10 of somebody's rankings, but let's be real. He's not a legitimate top 10. So what happens with today's sport is that they give him a title. Their promotional team or management team, whatever, buys a title. Because that's all you got to do now. You buy a title. Then you make title defenses. And you get better as you're making these title defenses, which should be the other way around. You should be climbing the ladder and developing and honing your skills on the way up. Then when you're a champion, you're a real champion. But what we see today because of all the belts is we see these these hand-picked opponents to get a fighter up to 20-some-odd fights. Then their team buys the belt with some slam dunk uh, uh, fight for a vacant belt. Then you see these guys fight a couple of other fighters that are, you know, decent. They hone their skills, and then the unification fights become the real fights. So theoretically, fighters of today could fight 25 times before they're in a fight with a legitimate top guy. Another great example is Deontay Wilder. You know, he wins his title, And really, his last two fights were against top opposition in Luis Ortiz and and Tyson Fury. And uh, he came through with flying colors with the Luis Ortiz fight. And hopefully, he will have learned something in the uh, Tyson Fury fight. So, um, is it a stay-busy fight? I don't know. You know, I know Zepeda hasn't really fought anybody, but he's come out looking good. Jose Ramirez is a quality fighter, uh, but you can only look at his last... uh, couple of fights as being against real opposition I, you know it, 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 it it's the type of fight that the winner uh is actually proving that he's uh in the conversation that that's the way i see it so i i agree with you you uh you said it uh you, like i always give you credit for it. you dissect it you look at it you analyze it and you uh come up with the right words to to validate validify validate but anyway Validate. 
Validate. Let me punch your validation ticket, please. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, that's a great point. And uh, I really do uh, do agree with you. And, you know, these, these, these stay busy fights and everything else, if, if fighters <laughs> fought three, four, five times a year, uh, like like uh, most fighters uh, used to find it very easy to do, um, you know, it's 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 it wouldn't be just a stay busy fight, but it would be a, a significant fight for their career. Well, a couple of good fights uh, coming up uh, to close out this month for sure, and uh, we will uh, be watching them and uh, giving you our uh, predictions on the fights prior to, and of course our post fight thoughts and analysis. Uh, uh, after the fight. So uh, uh, anyway, I guess uh, that uh, that wraps it up for today, Sal. And uh, uh, I just want to remind everybody to uh, to check out the new channel. Uh, it's pretty cool once you uh, sign up and it's for free. All the info on how to get it and where it's available, uh, like on Roku and, and uh, Google Play and um, all the other streaming uh avenues which i there's so many of if, if you go to if you go to ginecousa.com you'll see uh where it is you probably already have one of the services um so check it out it's uh, uh we got a lot of cool stuff running up there and um you'll catch the uh uh you'll catch the uh boxing revisited that sal and i did uh there's also some uh, uh shows that uh, sal and i have done uh there's some early shows that alex and i have done uh, some other roundtable discussions where we've had. Uh, I'm in the process of pulling and uh, putting all uh, well, a lot of the blast from the past that Alex Papali does with me up there. And like I have said um, last week, uh, we also are going to be pulling a lot of interviews that we did on the radio. So we don't have video, but we have the audio that I will replay and get the mindsets of some familiar fighters today, like uh, Danny Garcia, Tyson Fury, to name a couple, um, as well as some all-time greats like Sugar Ray Leonard and many more, and their mindsets of where they were during that time. And Sal and I are going to give you our thoughts on, on them, and we'll give you uh, uh, a history of, of where they went from the time we interviewed. There's a couple of them like Danny Garcia specifically, who's, and I remember asking him, Hey, so when you become rich and famous and a world champion, you're going to come back, you're going to do, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and uh, he changed his number. But uh, in any event, in any event. Sal, uh, look forward to next week. I could say this to all you guys and girls out there. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da <laughs> <laughs>